end to Luella's annoying laughter, but the girl still remained rooted in the middle of the aisle. Shouldn't we wait for the conductor? Repeatedly during the journey, Luella had batted her eyelashes and made frivolous requests of the portly conductor. For what purpose? Evelyn pointed to the opening at the end of the car with the tip of her satin parasol. The train has stopped. We've reached our destination. We can leave the car without the conductor's approval. Now go. Luella bolted forward, and the others followed. Tressa's dry tongue stuck to the roof of her mouth, and she kept her eyes on the curled-by-nature ringlets cascading from beneath the rolled brim of Evelyn's satin hat. Evelyn's fashionable cinnamon-colored gown provided a perfect backdrop for her shining golden locks. The obvious quality and stylish cut of the dress reminded Tressa of the world she'd left behind, a world in which she was no longer welcome. Tressa, no man of breeding will wed a dowryless woman. Your unfortunate situation with Tremaine Woodward certainly proves my point. Aunt Gretchen's emotionless voice echoed in Tressa's memory. This herdsman's school in Kansas offers you an opportunity to gain a husband and enjoy a life of family, if not of leisure. Her aunt had shrugged, fanning herself with a printed advertisement that sealed Tressa's fate. Second best, perhaps, but a second best chance is better than no chance at all. Homesickness swelled, but not for Aunt Gretchen and Uncle Leo's grand estate. Tressa longed to return to Evans Glen, her childhood home with Papa and Mama and... Giving herself a shake, she dispelled the desire. One could not live in the past. She must march into the future, no matter how bleak it appeared. So she squared her shoulders and followed Evelyn onto the passenger car's small iron landing. A fierce blast of wind stole her breath and lifted the straw skimmer from her head. She dropped her bag and reached for the hat, but the lightweight piece of millinery sailed over the heads of the girls standing at the base of the platform. A thick strand of hair whipped loose from her simple bun, effectively shielding her eyes, Dizziness assailed her. She groped for the handrail, but her fingers closed over air. Plunging forward, she landed hard against Evelyn's back. Squeals erupted as Evelyn tumbled into the group, and, like a row of dominoes, the girls fell into a heap on the dusty street, with Tressa on top. The men on the porch roared, pointing and slapping their thighs in amusement. Tressa! Evelyn's demanding voice carried over the other girl's complaints. She jabbed Tressa with her elbow. Get off of me, you bumbling idiot! Tressa tried to right herself, but the wind tangled her skirts around her legs, trapping her in place. Suddenly, fingers grasped her waist and lifted her, The woman Tressa had identified as Mrs. Wyatt set Tressa to the side and then reached into the fray. Stop that caterwauling! She chided as she grabbed Evelyn's upper arm and pulled her from the pile.
Tressa marveled at the woman's strength. Ah, Aunt Hattie, are these the hardy farm wives you promised us? Look more like wilting daisies to me, one man called. The others clapped him on the back, their laughter boisterous. Tressa staggered over to retrieve her abandoned bag, her face burning with humiliation as the men continued to hurl insults. Mrs. Wyatt assisted Luella to her feet and spun to face the raucous men. What are these girls supposed to think about our town with you carrying on like banshees? She plunked her fists on her hips and sent a glare across the small crowd. Gage Hammond, you the leader of this sorry bunch? A young man with a cocky grin stepped forward. He yanked his hat from his head, revealing thick black curls. Yes, a man, Hattie?